Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. Praise the Lord. I encourage you to come to prayer. There's just something about praying in these last days that helps you maintain all the wonderful character that God's given you in Christ, especially when it comes to your joy, the joy of the Lord, and the peace of God. You know, you can't help but come out of a a good Holy Ghost prayer service. Uh, You can't help but come out encouraged. Amen. Amen. Now, I've never come out of one of my own making uh, that I was discouraged. I've always been encouraged. But I've been in some others that I thought, man, I hope this ain't all we're going on. (laughs) Amen. They used to always uh, have us come and pray over some subject or another at a a prayer rally at the courthouse. And... uh, you know, I thank God for what everybody prays that's holy and righteous. But somebody, you know, it, it helped people if they'd read the Bible. Anyway, praise God. We don't have to beg God. Amen. Amen. And we don't have to apologize for the mess we're in. I mean, it's, it's by nature. Hallelujah. God, got a, God made a way where there seemed to be no way. Now, I'm going to do like what I would call an introduction as if you were a Bible school tonight. And I'm going to encourage you during the week uh, you that come on a regular basis here, and we're just going to treat this, uh, and I'm, I'm going to believe God to even expand it uh, wider and deeper in depth, uh, even than a Bible school course. I believe it's something that'll that, that'll get into you and register, and from the from that angle of redemption of who you are, uh, what you have, and what uh, what you can do in Christ, you'll view you, the world and view your world. Can, let me say that again. That's an important statement. That from the angle of who you are, what you have, what you can do in Christ, you, you view the world and you view your, your world. And if you learn, learn that and learn that all of, all of the promises of God that God has given us in Christ, they're, they're not only available, but God just goes out of his way to try to get them into our life. But they all operate through knowledge that produces faith. So for everything that we teach, we're going to believe God that Ephesians chapter 1 is working in the church. I pray this over the church all the time. I pray it over myself personally, but I also pray it over all of you, especially you that will come and and sit like in a Wednesday night teaching session and do it over and over and build the uh, the character of that word and that faith in your heart. Ephesians chapter 1, amen, that God would grant unto us the spirit of wisdom, revelation and the knowledge of him, the eyes of our understanding, be enlightened. Amen. That we would know what is the hope, the expectancy of his calling. What is the riches of, the, of our inheritance of the glory in the saints. What is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. Which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead, set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. Far above all principality, power, might, dominion. Every name that can be named not only in this world but that which, that which to come. Has put all things under his feet. Given him to be all things under. Uh, given all things to be under his feet. Uh, he's been made the head of the church which is his body. The fullness of him that that filleth it all in all. And then the first two words of chapter 2 are this, and you. We'll study that a little bit more later, amen? But in the meantime, so I encourage you during the week, go get you a notebook, or if you, like Leah does, she types her notes, or if you take notes on your, document this teaching in your life. Don't just think, well, I can go anywhere, anytime, hear this kind of thing. No, you can't. 
People don't teach on redemption and healing and the gifts of the Spirit and the power of God. You say, why not? Because a lot of people are kind of chasing this philosophical angle. We're not going to do that. We're going to get over here on the redemptive side where the power of God is. Because Jesus Christ has been made unto us, not a philosophy. He's been made unto us wisdom, sanctification, redemption, and forgiveness of sin. I think I'm going to go that way. Amen? I kind of like that way better. Now, number one, I guess on the top of everything else, that we must have a, have a rock-solid reality of is this book right here. Now, let me say it again. You say, what do you mean? You can never devalue or take for granted the Word of God. Now, let me say that again. You can never devalue or take for granted the Word of God. The Word of God is not a book. It's not a novel. It's not, a, it's not an encyclopedia. It's not a dictionary. It's not a, it's not a textbook. It's not an it's a educational book. It's all of those and none of those. You say, what do you mean by that? The, the Bible, the Word of God, is a living documentation. You say, well, what is a living documentation? Nobody's ever seen one before. Let me try that again. Nobody's ever seen a living documentation just like nobody ever has seen a living God upon the earth until Jesus came. Amen? So we really don't have anything to, to, to bump it up against and define it by because it is the very expression of the truth of the word of life of who God is. It is not a documentation or a history of God, although there are historical things in there. There are all, there's drama. There's, I mean, there's more going on in this book than you can believe. That's why it's, it's designed to meditate upon. It's designed to grow your spirit man and feed your spirit man. And it's designed to impart power to you that, it, that helps you to walk in the freedom of what it dictates. And then God gives an extra, extra additive of the rest of his persona, which is what? Well, we have God the Word, and we also have the God the Spirit that abides and empowers, and then the Heavenly Father as our very own Heavenly Listen, you're, you're wrapped up in this thing. <laughs> I've always kind of poked fun of, of old-time old Pentecostals because I am one. <laughs> Amen. And, you know, we used to sing this little song, uh, Fill My Cup, Lord. Here's my cup, Lord. I lift it up, Lord. Come and fill. And I began to think about that, and I thought, now, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. We're in Christ. We ain't got no cup. <laughs> I mean, there ain't no cup out there, Amen. No, 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 we got, the, we got the Word working on the inside. We got the Spirit abiding on the inside. We got the Spirit empowering on the outside. We've got the grace of God, the, the mercy of God, the favor of God, the compassion of God, the purpose of God, the plan of God. You be go, begin to go through all these things, but in reality what the Word does, God's Word, what it does, it reveals it so it might be demonstrated through our faith by His power. 
That's what God is looking on the earth for people that will just live by faith. He, he identifies us as the what? The just. Who are the just? Those that live by faith. The just shall live by faith. How do you know you're justified? You're living by faith. That's kind of like, how do you know you love God? You keep his commandments. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Listen, I wish you would have said, if you love me, you'll have a warm, fuzzy feeling all the time. Well, I wish I did, but I don't. If you love me, what? Keep my commandments. So in John chapter 1, let's read it just a moment as we take a little time to just kind of introduce, introduce this. Remember those, remember those laws, I like to call them um, the, the laws of exposure. You say, what do you mean by that? It works, it works everywhere where we're introduced, you know, to people and places and things. There's that initial contact. Now, I saw this in the Word of God through the life of Abram or Abraham in which God did initiate contact. Everybody say initiate contact. Has anybody ever tried to get a hold of you and couldn't? And then somebody would say, you know, so-and-so been trying to get a hold of you. Well, God initiated contact. I don't know how many people God had tried. And people were like, I wonder what that is. Maybe that was some bad food or something. No. Abram responded to God. And Abram and God, the creator of all that is and was and will ever be, began to fellowship one with another based on God's initiation. But if you study the scripture, you'll see that God initiated that. Everybody say initiated that. But Abram was the one that initiated the fellowship by building that altar. What is an altar? It is a place of sacrifice. And when God initiates something with you, he's trying to bring you into a place of fellowship by you sacrificing yourself to fellowship with him. How many other unseen people do you fellowship with? I hope there ain't many. <laughs> Amen. I mean, you know, like the, what is it? We tell that story about the people, you know, that they're always talking about they're hearing from God. And so we always tell the story about the two guys in the, in their, they're in the insane asylum and they're standing in line to eat breakfast and they're both in a straight jacket. Straight jackets go this way. Did you know that? I did. <laughs> Amen. Now one says to the other, God spoke to me. And the other wheeled around and said, I didn't say nothing to you. <laughs> Amen. You got to understand, there's all kinds of voices speaking out there. The Bible says none without significance. But there is a voice and a greater voice. And it's amplified through the word of God. And the Word of God, when it begins to make, when God begins to use His Word to initiate something in you, initiates. See, I, when I was away from the Lord, I knew my parents prayed. I knew my grandparents prayed. I knew that they had their preacher friends and, and full gospel business. I knew everybody was praying, everybody was praying. But what really, what really shook me up was the knowledge that these people were praying, but what really shook me up was the scriptures that would come to my mind. Predominantly Proverbs where it says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he gets old, he'll sh he shall not depart him. I always thought in my life, as, as sinful as I was, as sinful as I was, I always knew a change would come. I would tell people that. Years before I turned to God, I told people, there'll come a day when you, I won't be partying with you anymore. 
I, I would, I would tell. I remember sitting at a table one time. I'm not going to tell you what condition we were in. It's not relevant. <laughs> but I, I started saying this, and it surprised me when I said it. I said, you know, one day I'll come that you'll have to keep your eyes upon the nation of Israel. And they looked at me like, I said that. And I said, you're going to have to watch them because as they go, so goes the world. And I said, at that time, I won't be sitting at this table. I'll be somewhere else. And they were like, well, where will you be? I said, I don't know. But I just knew it because that word brought such conviction. Now, listen, listen to the scripture. John chapter 1, this is the gospel of John. Chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, now notice this, and the Word was God. Now listen, don't let people say, uh, you go down to that island church and they talk about the Word and, and they speak when they take an offering and, and they always talk about the Word, the Word, the Word, the Word, the Word, the Word. They just act like the Word's God. Well, my Bible says in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the same was in the beginning. All things, now notice this, same was with the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. This is profound. It is simple and absolutely profound. A lot of people are looking for something deep. We need something deep, you know, something deep. Well, you ain't going to get it anyway. Amen? I mean, listen, we don't need stuff that's deep. We need, we need stuff that's, that's simple it's applicable. It's not, listen, it's not always practical to obey God. Like many times it's not. I mean, there's so many times in my life where God said, no, you need to do this or do that and, or do this or go here or do this or go there and do that. And it just wasn't practical at all, but I had to obey God. But let me just say, there is an element of spiritual sanity to obeying God that helps you to obey Him with courage, knowing that sometimes your acts of faith may look desperate but listen, you're understanding that you're serving this, this, this entity, this being, that everything focuses on him, his light, who he is, and what he's done for us. And I'm not just talking about in redemption. I'm talking about in all things. He is our all in all. Amen. Amen. Now, our study and our understanding of redemption begins and ends with the word of God. It has the information. Now, now, all of these things I'm giving you is things that I have developed over, over 38 years of teaching on this subject because this is the subject that so affected my life. And I know this is the subject that's going to get me through the days ahead and help me increase in the midst of decrease and step forward when others are stepping back. Not because of the circumstances that are going on around me, but the reality of who I am in Him, what I can do in Him, what I have in Him. So it begins with the Word. The word, the logos of God, that which is written, proclaimed, declared, the logos of God, that which is published, 
And then there's the rhema of God, and that is that which is revealed unto us. Now, it's revelation or the revelation of the Word of God, which is how the Word is packaged to be presented to you. Now, let me say that again. The Word of God is not uh, designed to be presented to you as, as some type of educational book that causes you to conform like to a law. No, it is a book that comes to you in a form of revealed power that helps life be altered. Now, that's a big difference from any other book that's upon the planet. Amen? Now, understanding that, you understand that the Word of God is the same thing that God did for Abraham. When God initiated some communication, how did He do it? He spoke by His Word. You have that same opportunity through that book sitting in your lap or that computer sitting in your lap. That is God initiating something with you and when you decide to sacrifice some things in your life and initiate fellowship with God, God is fixing to take you in to some awesome things. He's going to bring you into a relationship that's going to manifest in His covenant. If you've never experienced this, you've missed out on what life is all about. Therefore, we must understand that the Bible or the Word of God, this incredible book that we have the pleasure, the pleasure and the privilege to handle and the honor to experience its effect upon our life. This book is not of human origin, but as it defines itself, it's that which is breathed of God And we know that everything God breathes into, he gives life into. All scripture is given by inspiration or ruah or breath of God. Amen. But you can't just chop up the Bible at will and say, we'll eat this part and not this part and that part and that part. The Bible shows us through the very first covenant that God made with Moses and a nation that we must eat the whole lamb. Every part and parcel of the Word of God. And only from the angle of your redemption can you ever understand healing or righteousness or prosperity or deliverance or true joy in God or the destiny of the future that God has given you in Christ. Therefore, the Word of God must be what? Rightly divided according to the Word. It says Paul writing to Timothy, Paul writing to the church in Galveston. Amen. That all that, that same scripture Timothy wrote to Paul that is given by inspiration of God. We have to study. And that's more than the word study, as if you would tell a student to study a book. The word carries more weight than that. It is a word that literally you can pull the word exploration out of. To make a journey into something in which you explore and receive benefit from what you discover. It's almost like mining gold. That's why the illustration of the, of the Sutter's Mill uh, finding of gold in 1849 in California runs so parallel with studying the Word of God because a lot of people are, are like people that went to that gold rush and just panned the, panned the water and got a few nuggets and lived out their life on the nuggets. You know, people go to church and say, boy, that's some good nuggets. Well, you can't live by nuggets. But there were a couple of families, and you know, one of the families was actually uh, 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 was instrumental in being used to, uh, to, to discover a lot of the things about explosives. 
and they used explosives and mining and they took the top off of a mountain and they didn't find a few little pebbles running in a stream. They found a vein. They found a vein of wealth that affected them and their family for generations to come. Now that's what this book is. It is the revealed reality of God, the revealed word of God, the revealed personality of God, the the revealed ability of God. It is the spoken life of God. Listen, the life sounds like the word. You'll like this one. Light sounds like the word. What does, can you hear light? You can hear light. You can hear life. You can hear truth. Jesus said, I'm the way. He didn't say, I'm going to show you the way. He said, I'm the the truth. He didn't say, I'm going to tell you the truth. He said, I'm the truth. I'm the, he said, I'm the life. He didn't say, I'm going to give you life. He said, I am the life. You get me, you get the way, you get the truth, you get the life. You get me, you get the word. See, John chapter 1, verses 1, 2, and 3 is God initiating something with man. How did he do it? By his word. By his word. Now, a couple, couple of notes I wrote down. Let me, real quick. Of course, we know Greek. Uh, Greek, uh, Hebrew, Logos, Rhema, the written, the expressed, the published, the, 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 the revealed word. Yeah, yeah, I'll do that, Lord. Matthew chapter 16, Jesus asked a very legitimate question of his disciples. He had been doing sign, signs, wonders, and miracles and teaching the word of God with authority that, that, that marveled uh, the lawyers and the, and the judges of the day that were lawyers and judges of the, of the law of that covenant. I mean, they were just like, even when he was 12 years old, he, he, he fascinated them. Amen? And he, and he walked upon the earth as what? As the living word of God. Now, 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 the word is what? It's eternal. It's without measure. It goes from eternity into eternity. You say, well, I can't figure that out. Of course you can't. <laughs> it's ever living. It's uncorruptible. Are you with me? Uh, this, 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 this logos that is God's initiation and then when it's revealed. So, who do men say that I am was the question that was asked of Jesus to his disciples. What was the natural answer? The natural answer was the information they had gotten was from the men had said, he's Elijah, he's Jeremiah, he's one of the prophets. Then he turned and said, whom do you say that I am? So his eyes must have been fixed on Simon Peter. Whom do you say that I am? And Simon just blurted out, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. That did not come out of his intellect. Because that information was not placed in his intellect. That information was placed in his spirit. Jesus turned to him and said something to him he did not understand until he was born again and filled with the Holy Ghost. He said, Flesh and blood did not reveal that to you but my Father that is in heaven. So he said something, the word revealed means what? Uncovered from the source, a mystery uncovered. You didn't get that by flesh and blood. You didn't get that through observation. You didn't get that through intellectual agreement. God in heaven has come down and he has handled your heart and he has let his fingerprints upon your heart. And his fingerprints carry his DNA, and his DNA is described as revelation. 
And by that revelation, one day, Peter was born again, filled with the Holy Ghost, delivered from the worst denial so bad it was put into the Bible, and became a powerful prophet and apostle in the kingdom of God and wrote two books of the Bible. And in the Bible, he said things like, I was with him on the Mount of Transfiguration, and I saw his glory. But we have a more sure word of pride. You know what he was saying? He said, I had some of the most awesome experiences that you could ever imagine walking with Jesus, talking with Jesus. He chose me by the, by the Galilee Sea. I saw it. I saw him raised from the dead. I saw him ascend to the sky. I was there. But I'm telling you, no matter what my experiences are, we have something more powerful than my testimony. We have a revelation. Amen. He is the Christ, the Son of the living. Notice that revelation was what? Of him in his deity. Not him in his works. Not him in his humanity, but thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. So through, now listen to me, through rightly dividing the word of God. So who gets the privilege of right division of the word of God? Certainly it must be the most educated, the most powerful, the most affluent, maybe even royalty upon the earth. Who in the world would be even allowed to handle such a word of knowledge revelation, understanding, and power. God said it like this, I'll take the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. Those that you would look at in the natural and say, there's no way those people can know that. He said, I'll let that live in them, abide in them, and live through them so that people will have to recognize it's not them or a human philosophy, it's God Almighty that does it by His Word and by His power. Hallelujah. The Word is God speaking to you. Everybody say, God speaking to you. God and His Word are one. The Word is always now. Now faith is. The Word is our contact with God. It is also His contact with us. The Word of God begins its work in coming into your life to initiate something through a force called conviction. We'll close with this. Everybody say conviction. Now, the most familiar we are of that term, I guess, would be in, in the criminal court trial, you know, in the, in, the, in the Bugsy Moran story on the movies or something when somebody is caught and, and convicted of a crime and sentenced. Amen? But there's a little more to conviction than just a criminal being sentenced. Actually, conviction is the knowledge of the breaking of the law. Now, notice this. Let me, I, I jotted a couple of things down there about conviction. Let me find it in my notes here. It says, uh, no, I wrote it down. Conviction. This is good. Something communicated with more than knowledge. Now, hold on. Something you know with your being, a reality of right or wrong. Now, information has come into our life with words that carried more than the information. It actually carried an emotion to it. Amen. I mean, there was more there than just information given. And, you know, we experience that in life many times in ways that sometimes are kind of comical or, you know, 
I don't know. I kept meditating and thinking about this, and I kept thinking about when I asked Leah to marry me. And we had been in a prayer meeting on a, I forget what night it was on, and I had made a decision, you know, I'm not ready to get married. <laughs> and so I told Leah that. Well, that made her real happy. <laughs> so she got all these praying Holy Ghost women. They started praying, and, and I showed up at, at my house that night, and God, God just really gave me a, a spanking, you know. So Leah and I had, had, we had been introduced. There had been an introduction, and there had been some, uh, some fellowship. I guess the only time I took you on dates was to, uh, to go preach somewhere. I took her, took her to the, my Bible school's alumni banquet, and uh, that was quite a scene. <laughs> Especially when you're as young and handsome as I was at the time. I mean, it was, <laughs> you know, what you going to do? And so I really knew, man, I mean, I, I, went, I went to that prayer meeting with a lot of doubt of anything to do with relationship, marriage, anything with, with Leah. And then when I came home and the, and the Lord really corrected me, I had this great big old lump in my gut. And I had to try to go to sleep with that. And I'm like, man, you know, that, that is just really a bad feeling. You know, I didn't feel good. And so I, I got up in the morning and I called her. I knew that she would be getting into her shop before her first client about 9 o'clock. So I called her and I just invited her to go to dinner. And that eased up a little bit. But when it eased up a little bit, all of a sudden this scene of me asking her to marry me appeared on the easing up of that little bit. And the reality of what I was fixing to do began to dawn on me. <laughs> Because freedom is a unique thing. <laughs> Amen. But you know the Bible says it's better, better to uh, marry than to burn. And I had felt a little kindling, so <laughs> I, was, I was looking to obey God. Amen. Instead of burning up. Didn't want to burn up. Hallelujah. So I remember as that day went by, I was just, is that, that, that conviction. It's what it was. It was absolute conviction. Absolute, the conviction of God. And what it was, it was the knowledge of how wrong I was. Now listen to me. But also carried with it was the knowledge of how right I would be in obedience. Now listen to me. You say, now why is that important? Because the enemy will try to falsify conviction in your life and try to, try to get you to fall for guilt. You say, how do I know it's guilt? There's no answer on the other side. There's no, just go do this and everything's going to be okay. Just obey me right here. And even, even the emotions that you feel and even the weight that you feel and, and, the, and the wonder of, you know, what are you going to do? I'm, I'm just starting some small ministry and, and you know, I have nothing to offer. Uh, you know, I remember told my dad, asked Leah, Leah to marry me. And he said, Leah who? <laughs> I said, you know, that little hairdresser that goes to the church. He said, well, you ain't even got a job. <laughs> Thanks a lot, pops. <laughs> But see, I had that conviction. And so I picked her up, got her in my truck, got her about 
a block down the road, going over some railroad tracks. I said, you wouldn't want to get married, would you? <laughs> I said it better than that, didn't I? <laughs> 35 years is a long time, sweetie. You got to give me some grace. <laughs> I him all around there and got it out, you know. And she said, with all of the romantic zeal of the Cajun queen, you know, it's about time. It's about time. But when she said that, it's just like a knot got uncoiled on the inside of me. I literally, from, since God really corrected me in my bedroom, now listen, you might not understand this, but you have if God's ever really corrected you. From the time that God really corrected me, and he corrected me with words like this, how dare you? Boy, it startled me. And, and, and it was words that you feel, not just words that you hear. See, that's what the word of God is. It's words that just go through your being. How dare you reject? the very provision of life that you've been praying for and I want to give you. And then nothing else was said. I just knew, i got to get this right quick. And it was like I did not breathe from the time God said that to me till the time I said that to Leah and asked her to marry me. I went, oh, God. <laughs> Amen. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Well, see, that's what the Word's designed to do in bringing you into that fellowship and then that relationship so that God can manifest covenant because of an understanding of your redemptive rights and privileges in Christ. Now, let me just close with this. We're, we're, we're done. It's, it's family rights. You have family rights. You have family rights based on an inheritance cut upon the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's, it, it was ratified are given the eternal, how would you say that? Given the eternal notary public by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, which is unrefutable, unrefutable. Amen? So the reality of the Word of God is what? It's our life in the earth today. Without the Word, thank God for the inspiration and demonstration of the Word and the Spirit. But without the reality of the foundation of the information that the Word brings that gives us what? Conviction. Now, Lord, all right, I'll do it. That same conviction works in your life the rest of your life. Primarily through instruction from the Word. Where you're taught the Word or you're meditating upon the Word or reading the Word and all of a sudden you know I'm not doing that and I need to be doing that. Then that conviction will remain there until one of two things happens. Either you get so callous through your disobedience that you just refuse to obey the word. Amen? Which you should not do. Or through your obedience to obey the word of God and you know what you'll be able to do? Oh, thank God. You're not going to get all the knowledge of how something is or is not going to happen. What you're going to do is the other side of what conviction produces is not just the reality of your disobedience and what is wrong, but of your obedience and what is right. Because without conviction, you would have never known you were a sinner. You would have never known there was a Savior. And you would have never known how to get to Him. But God led you through the conviction of His Word and the inspiration of His Spirit. And He's doing the same thing today for all of us. And we need to recognize it through redemption. Amen? Lift your hands. Father, we worship you. Thank you for Jesus. Oh, thank you for that redemptive sacrifice. Oh, Jesus, we love you. We glorify your name. Lord, take us on a journey throughout the Word of God. Let us see this glorious mystery 
uncovered and unveiled by your mighty spirit. Jesus, live big in your word by your power through your spirit and in your might. Lord, let us experience the reality of all the goodness of that which you've deposited in your word of light, your word of life, and your word of truth. Thank you tonight. As we leave, it's your word that protects us. Psalms 91, no evil befalls us. No plague comes nigh our dwelling place. Lord, we're convicted of that reality and we stand on the right side of it in obedience to that word, knowing that whether we travel on the highways, airways, seaways, railways, righteous labor of our hands, in our doing of life here on the earth, here on the, here in, here on the island, this county, everywhere we go, everything we do, that your gracious hand of protection, that your gracious hand of mercy holds us in the palm of your hand, the earth today. Thank you, we're safe. From the evil plans of wicked men or the devil himself, we thank and worship you. Father, for the life of God in us, the fire of God, that which reflects and refracts from your word and your personality through our own lives, our parental connection to the Creator, to the Redeemer, to the blood of an elder brother and his tremendous sacrifice. We enter into the fullness of being your children, you being our Heavenly Father. Let that fire burn in our spirits. Let us transmit it to others. Let everywhere we go, the life and the light of God flow. Drawing, healing, protecting, inspiring, causing others to turn to a living God. Lord, we leave tonight walking in love and faith towards you. We love you so much. We leave walking in love one toward another. Thank you for our church. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ. You've called us to be thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. Covered by the Word. Powered by the Word. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com. Hallelujah, Jesus.